0: Good morning, this is Steve Allen with a look back at some of the highlights of my early breakfast show of the past week. You can hear me every weekday morning from 4 on LBC. I love the idea that Amazon are suing more than a 1,000 people. You know what they're suing them for? They're suing... Them. Oh, so I'm just checking out a picture. Oh, Christo. No, that's being used for immigration purposes, that picture. Christo had a had a, um, a, a date this week, uh, as he obviously talked about it on air, as he talked about it. and uh, And then... Uh, he actually took a picture and said he wanted it to be all special. No, he's using that to prove to immigration that he knows somebody in this country, Christo. I've seen it done before, so it makes it look as though you're actually best buddies, as opposed to he doesn't really know you. You get the drift? That's why you haven't heard from him since. He's probably sitting in customs at Heathrow, even as we speak. Anyway, so... Uh, what's it, oh, yes, yeah, so Amazon are suing a 1,000 people. What are they suing them for? They've uh, They've posted... They've posted fake reviews for books and things like that. And Amazon have found them out. I've already passed two on to them immediately because, you know, I brought my, my book out and uh, I couldn't I couldn't quite understand. That's why I thought I knew they were fake. Why somebody would actually buy a book based on what this program is is doing and then and then rubbish it and go, this is absolute garbage. And, all this, and I thought, no, no, you're fake. You're fake. Somebody wrote to my producer during the week this week and said Steve Allen's obviously a big fan of Kelvin McKenzie. Which I didn't quite get, actually. I mean, either this person is deranged, or they're on medication. I've never been a fan of Kelvin McKenzie. Never been a fan of Kelvin McKenzie. I can't stand him. can't stand him. God, dear, I don't know where these people get the idea. Perhaps there's some people on medication. Christo had one earlier on who, who didn't like him or something. And Christo said, you're quite clearly mentally ill. You've got something to matter. Why would you be listening to something you don't like? Dear God. No, definitely, it's, it's, it's a stitch-up, Christo. He doesn't. That's like, you know, the women who go abroad. And they and they marry somebody. who goes, oh, he lives in a, in a mud hut, and he really loves me. No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. They all get caught out. And yours you've got a nice picture of you. La, 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 la. What does he do? Tell me, he's a student. Go on, and I'll tell you it's fake. I'll tell you it's fake. Uh, what else we got today? Um, oh, well, Christina's lover tried to text a soap beauty. This is Ben Cohen. Didn't take long for the cracks to appear in that one, did it? And, uh, praise for the gay rugby star, Hurst. I don't know why. What, because he's gay or because he plays rugby? I can't quite work it out. Oh, God, you see, Christo's fallen for this one big time. He's now admitted to me he paid for dinner in the Ivy. I mean, they see you coming, don't they, really? Why did you get, why did you take someone to the Ivy? What's the point of showing somebody a good time in life when quite... Cl- I've looked at the picture of him. He looks he'd be happier flipping burgers in Burger King. There's no point in taking him to the Ivy. God, what do you think that's going to get you? You're doing it the wrong way, mate. You've obviously sussed it all out wrong. And he's now got the picture, so when customs stop him again, he can go, I'm coming in to see, this is my This is my boyfriend, this is... And, of course, it's rubbish. That's why you've not heard from him. Come on, honestly, even you can't be that gullible. I like to be caring on a Sunday. It's only because I'm ill, actually, that I'm... Uh, I'm not being very caring. I've got a I think I've got an abscess. I think I've got an abscess. I don't know. Whatever it is, it's sort of it's sort of on the top of my cheekbone. And I'm assuming it must be. oh God he's gonna go forever, isn't he, this morning. He said he had a wonderful investment opportunity. Oh my god, he's seen you coming, hasn't he? So he took him to the Ivy, He splashed out on booze and everything else. He went listen, I have a really fantastic opportunity. This will make you very rich, and I just need from you maybe ten, fifteen thousand pounds. Oh come on, Christo, for God's sake, Just face Face up to the world. Unless you're going to become transgender, you're not going to be meeting anybody any time soon. You know, little Greek fat boys are not in vogue at the moment. You know, last year, year before, no. 20 years ago, yes. Now it's all moved on a bit. And of course, as you, you hit ever into double figures, you know, it gets worse and worse. It's not easy. It's not easy out there. The trouble is, I think you're trying too hard. I think you're trying too hard for a relationship. Whereas, in fact, if, if you don't actually sort of, you don't need a relationship. You've got dogs. You know, and that's why you've got dogs, because you don't have a relationship. If, if you sort of pick somebody up and you take them back and they go, oh, you have dogs? And you go, yeah, they go, goodbye. Because most people don't want dogs. That's sort of a, you might as well get a budgery gar, sit it in the cage. At least then you could move it to another room if somebody comes back, couldn't you? But, oh, you let the dog sleep on the bed? Oh, dear. Oh, no, we can't have that. Didn't they we on the bed as well? Oh, God. Oh, no, you're on a hiding to nothing, mate. Hiding to nothing. Seriously. No, you know, I mean, listen, you have to take my advice. I'm always right. I'm never wrong. Never wrong. It was like, you know, when, when my producer said during the week, he said, oh, somebody's written in to say that you're obviously a big fan of Kelvin McKenzie. I said, they must be really stupid. I've never been a fan of Kelvin McKenzie at all. Perhaps they're mistaking me to somebody else or somebody who really gives us so-and-so. He says, I've just eaten a McDonald's. ...out of depression? Doesn't it normally come out of a bag? What's this place called depression? I don't know. It's feeble. It's, look, it's, it's ten past six in the morning. What's the matter with you? Get a grip on yourself. Don't drink. Don't drink. I, I can't do people who drink and listen to this programme. Thank God you're going away to a... You see, why are you doing it to yourself? You're going away to a wedding next week. You'll be the only single person there. They'll all be going, oh, That's Christo. He's single, you know. You can't, you know... I mean, you're fooled yourself... What you should do is produce somebody, take them. Or you're hoping this one was going to be, mind you, coming up to Christmas. Most people find a relationship coming up to Christmas, don't they? And, uh, and then they go, "Oh, they really love me." And after Christmas, that's the last you ever see of them. So uh, it's it's not worth it. It's just absolutely not worth it. As uh, so on the, uh, the programme today, we'll wander through the papers, we'll sort of dissect them as, as best we can, uh, including the sort of non-story of the week, which is the Beckhams. Do you remember this one from a few weeks back? They pull into a place in the Cotswolds and Victoria goes out to buy an ice cream. You know, everybody else sits in the car. What are the kids doing? Are they just bone idle? Get them out there. Go and get your mother an ice cream. No, she goes to buy it so she can have her photograph taken. And now they're saying that they're going to buy a village. Well, it's not a village. It's, it's got 15 farmhouses. It's on private land, 744 acres. In the Cotswolds, it's about 25 million quid. And I thought, well, I've looked at the interior of the house this morning, and I've looked at the land. It's, it's, a, it's a working farm. What in God's name are they going to do with it? She, she wouldn't even get her hands dirty. What's she going to do there? an apparently Davy boy, apparently, is really getting into the hunting, and shooting and fishing brigade. What? What? David Beckham, who modelled pants... Apparently he's very good friends with Guy Ritchie. Yet Guy Ritchie comes from a middle to upper class family. You're Davy Boy Beckham, the one with the funny voice who married the bird who couldn't sing in the Spice Girls. You know, and you've got a big family and you're buying another estate. So you've got a £31 million house in Notting Hill. Then there'll be a £24 million estate in the Cotswold. Who's going to come and visit you? Nobody. Nobody. It's got ten bedrooms. I've looked at it. You're going to need an army of cleaners. An army of cleaners, presumably. Well, you you can obviously afford them. But to be honest with you, I think it's just a load of old puff, isn't it? I think it's Knight Frank trying to get somebody interested in this house, which might or might not have been on the market for some time. Mm. Oh, dear. I do need a cup of coffee. So, and they reckon he could be Squire Beckham. Oh, God. How ghastly. Uh, It's it's 12 bedrooms, and uh, apparently... Uh, after the grandeur, David quickly brought the family down to earth by driving to Stowe's renowned fish and chip shop, Greedy's. The owner said he was very friendly this is, This is the indicator of whether or not he can be Squire Beckham. They had sausage and chips, of course not David <laughs> once chav always chav, you cannot go to be Squire of the Village with sausage and chips mate. It just doesn't work just does not work. It's ridiculous. Uh, I'm not a particular ardent fan of Piers Morgan, says Malcolm, but on Friday night, he presented a most interesting show of his Life Story series with Warwick Davis, who got a well-deserved standing ovation at the end, a show worth watching. Yes, I've done Warwick on uh, on a couple of occasions. He's always very good value, very good value. I just love him to be, he's very funny. Uh, little Julie says, hope you're feeling better. I, too, have a cold starting I did watch a nice Christmas film last night called The Christmas Tree Miracle. You'd love it. Yeah, I've got... I, mean, I think I've got a bit of the cold, which is sort of there. And I've got this pain on the top of my cheekbone. And I'm thinking, is it an abscess? It might be an abscess. Is it not an ab- I don't know. I'll have to go to the dentist, I think, at some point this week. But at the moment, I'm subri- surviving on ibuprofen, which is great. But you still... You know, it's like a dull ache. It's still there. It's still there, and it's, and it's not going any time soon, so... We just have to put up with it. But I was going to be going out this morning. Well, that's out the window straight away. All I want to do now is go straight back to bed and just lie there and sort of just give up completely. I'm a complete wuss when it comes to illness. Complete wuss. I'm, I make a complete fool of myself. I am like, oh, very well and all that kind of stuff. I sound fine. I know I sound fine. It's just that, you know, I'm aching in all bits of my body that I shouldn't be. Uh, the Gemma Collins story. This is, uh, here she is, the big fat, uh, big fat Gemma Collins. She's selling cheap gear alongside them. Markup's more than 300%. I don't see anything the matter with this story at all. And you know me, I'm not her biggest fan. In fact, she's her own biggest fan. And uh, what she does is, she's, she's won a, a design award. She never designed anything in her life. You know, how, how, how do you redesign a tent? The answer is, you know, for the 16 to 20 clothing range, she launched in 2012. Her spokesman said, anything with a Gemma Collins label, she's designed herself. Oh. God, do me a favour. Well, why does she look like such a bag of old bones when she goes out? The other day she was pictured, one of the papers, I think it might be the sun, went, what are you looking at? I mean, you just look really awful. She looks a bit trash. You know, she can't dress. She's got no sense of fashion at all. And honestly, seriously, if you're if you're a fat bird, why on earth would you want to go to somebody like that to get any advice on fashion? You probably know tons more than she ever did. I'm Steve Allen. More to come shortly as I look back at some of the highlights from my early breakfast show here on LBC. This is Steve Allen with a look back at some of the highlights from my weekday early breakfast show on LBC. It was quite cold yesterday down in Salisbury. We had a day out there. We went down for some lunch and to do a bit of shopping. They've got a nice market down there. We had a look round the cathedral. Uh, Found Cathedral Close, which is where... Uh, Edward Heath lived. Nice house, actually. some nice houses down there. And uh, then we go into the cathedral, and I, I hate it when, you know, it's supposed to be free, but they go, you know, uh, there's a, a preferred donation, and their preferred donation was over £7. Well, I decided I didn't want to pay £7, I'm afraid, so I just ducked under the, the cabling thing. You know, we put some money inside in the, in the box. But uh, people... They do it at the Science Museum in London. It's free to get in, but they like to make you think you have to pay. Whereas, in fact, you don't have to pay, but they make you feel guilty about it. So I, I refuse to be bamboozled in that department. Anyway, so we find it, and then we, we sort of go inside. It's a beautiful cathedral, really, is good. And we found what I assumed was a memorial to Edward Heath. It was just a stone set in the floor. Where he's buried, I've got no idea. Of even if he was buried, or perhaps he was cremated. I don't know anything about it. But, uh, you know, where he is, we've got no idea. But there is a stone set into the floor. And it's literally, from his front door, you can see Salisbury Cathedral. And it's quite lovely. Lots of tourists out there. People take, lots of guides inside. People have been very helpful. And you can go right up to the altar. It's, it's really, really very nice indeed. So we sort of did that. Had some food out at a very, very old pub, which dates back from the 1400s. And that was quite nice as well. A bottle of Prosecco. Then a little bit more shopping. And, uh, and then headed home. And then I managed to get back into Twickenham at exactly the right time, exactly the right time, because the crowd from the rugby had gone in. We don't want to talk about the rugby again today, do we, I don't think and um, and so it was easy peasy to get in and I got in and I thought but this time I'm really aching every fibre in my body is aching I sort of decided I'm just going to climb into bed I had to make a phone call which went on for about an hour and a half so I did, did my hour and a half phone call and I thought I've got to go to bed so I climbed into bed and I was awake for most of the night worrying about this sort of pain so I've, I've taken ibuprofen I've done all the right things and uh, I'm just sort of, I'm just sort of suffering with it so you're going to have to suffer as well I'm afraid with me this morning Caroline it uh, says, Heath's ashes are underneath the world that's right, because surprisingly, Salisbury Cathedral has no crypt, there is no crypt there, it was built on uh, stone, built on stone, because I said to the woman, I said, are there, um, are there crypts here, she said, no, there is no crypt at Salisbury, it was built on the, the lad, built on the stone, quite remarkable, it really is, it's fantastic and uh, Caroline says I watched Pompadour yesterday on DVD really funny Matt Lucas and Alex McQueen were great I've never even heard of it what is it Pompadour? what on earth is that I've never even heard of it Pompadour, we'll find out. Jane says, in one newspaper, they refer to Gemma Collins as resembling Bridget Bardot. Yes, as she looks now, I should imagine. (laughs) As she looks now. She's never looked anything, really. It's a bit of a shame, really. And she's got a foul mouth on her. And she hangs around with the wrong sort of blokes, drug dealers, people who've beaten people up. That's the sort of boyfriend that Gemma Collins attracts. Nobody with with any iota of anything at all wants to go anywhere near her. Uh, Callum Best is in the papers today. Uh, He's been accused of a hotel attack. And uh, so that one's going to come up at some point into court. Oh, Pompidou, Matt Lucas's sitcom. Oh, that was the one given one star by the Telegraph, wasn't it? That doesn't sound very promising, does it? I watched Danny Baker's thing the other night. That's quite good. That's actually not bad. I was sort of, I was sort of listening and sort of half watching it through sort of pain-ridden eyes, going, "Oh, it hurts. I just want to. I don't. I don't want any more hurt. I can't find anything stronger than ibuprofen at the moment, though." I don't think I'm supposed to be taking ibuprofen, but I mean, I really want something that sort of like kills it stone dead. Um, I can't think of anything. Uh, cocodamol is that stronger? Is it? No, cocodamol. I might go and try some of that. I mean, what can it do? Kill me? Possibly, possibly. Uh, Colleen Rooney on yet another holiday with a photographer on the beach. They can take a picture of the glamorous one, which of course she isn't. But she's on the beach and uh, as I say, this is, I think, 13th holiday this year. But as I said to you the other day, it doesn't make any difference to me. She can take every day as a holiday. I couldn't care less. She's got nothing else to do in her life. I think she sits at home. At the time she's been out and done a bit of shopping and then she goes and stands in the bedroom and she puts these outfits on. She's got nowhere to wear them. Because Wayne doesn't like going out unless it's in a pair of jeans and a pair of trainers. So she just looks like the over-made-up sandwich. And, uh, and so she's, you know, um, I am pretty, oh, so pretty. Where are we going? Oh, I thought we'd just get kebab in, darling. Because they can't cook. Now we know they can't cook. His mum and her mum cook, apparently, for them and bring it round and they, they reheat. So where's she going to wear all these clothes? The answer is she's got wardrobes full of them. She goes on holiday with seventy. Th- what does she wear on the beach? Bikini. She's probably got a different bikini for every hour. And that's all it is. It's a really empty life. It's going to drive her crackers, I should imagine. Crackers. So there's this bloke who collapses in Asda and, uh, and his wife or girlfriend says um, to the staff, can you, um, can you call an ambulance? And they went, no. She went, why? They said, we're not, we're not trained in medical stuff. She said, you're only calling an ambulance. So um, she had to do it herself. And eventually, eventually they, they got taken to hospital. And uh, Asda has apologized. A spokesman said any staff member can call 999. Well, of course they can. But we did have somebody, didn't we, in Marks and Spencer's the other day, who an elderly couple go up there, eighty two, eighty three, and they buy a box of crackers. And uh, it says on the thing, you've got to get their name and address because it's got gunpowder in there. They're 82 and 83. What do you think they're going to do? Set fire to the store? a box of blowing crackers for God's sake and uh, so they said "Give it." oh dear you better get the supervisor so uh-uh. the supervisor comes, comes down and says yes we need your name and address bloody cheek Marks and Spencers you shouldn't have to give your why would you want to give your name and address to anybody in Marks and Spencers you don't know them they don't know you and yet they've got your address they did give it so they could buy the crackers and they sort of saw the funny side I didn't see the funny side I said, Marks and Spencer should send them a hamper for Christmas and apologise most profusely, most profusely, for embarrassing them at the store. An 82 and an 83-year-old. And somebody goes, oh, it says on the till I need your name and address. For what? What, for buying some crackers? Don't be so stupid. Really ridiculous. Really ridiculous. So uh, I'm hoping that maybe at Christmas time they will, they will get a nice Christmas hamper from Marks and Spencer's with a big bunch of flowers. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? Just to make sure that, you know, people do understand when they've made errors... Like the person who sort of accused me of being a fan of uh, of Kelvin McKenzie. Nothing could be further from the truth. Have you ever listened to this programme? I think once he wrote Something Sensible the other week, which I quite liked. And that was about it. Once in about 27 years. So there you go. But, the, but there's not as queer as folk listening out there, is there really? So Spencer Matthews is leaving. Uh, a fond farewell to Made in Chelsea, which is good news. He hasn't done anything to the programme at all. He's a horrible piece of work. They say he's a serial cheater. Well, of course he is. He just beds, any, anyway, and they seem to willingly go to his bed. Uh, a show source said uh, Spencer filmed his exit from the show and the cast and crew have been told to keep it a top secret. They were emotional scenes. Really? I should imagine they were glad to see the back of him. He, was, he never contributed anything to the programme. He's a lovable rogue. He's a nasty little piece of work. He's a very nasty little piece of work, as indeed you will discover. They say his absence will leave a big hole. No, it won't. No, it won't, I promise you. You won't miss him at all. Oh, the light's gone out again. The Nick Abbott dance coming up any minute. Oh, there you go. Um, his absence will leave a big hole, but he's now created a showreel, like a CV of telework. That's what a showreel... They have to explain to you what a, what a showreel is. That's where he takes all his clips, or his agent does, and they put them all out there, and so you can get... I mean, and he thinks that's going to get him a job. I wouldn't even let you wash my car, mate. I wouldn't even let you wash my car, if that qualifies you to do anything at all. But uh, he's, he's got his agents. Agents! to start looking for presenting work for him. Oh, sweet, isn't it, really, to be so delusional and yet so naff? And you seriously think you're going to be getting some presenting work? Oh, God, I'm sure there's some channel somewhere which will give you a job, but, I mean, it's it's few and far between. You're certainly not going to be presenting mainstream any time soon, are you? But uh, a lovable rogue and his departure will leave a big hole in the programme, obviously written by his agent, I'm assuming, because nobody will miss him at all. They hate him. Nobody likes him. He's really dreadful. Really, really dreadful. Uh, Claudia Winkleman's still trying to ban these uh, outfits that burst into flames. And as we get ever nearer, Halloween, which I think is 31st of this month, and so all the kids will be going out doing trick-or-treating and, uh, you know, all this sort of stuff when they knock on your door, trick-or-treat. I don't answer the door. Empty a bucket of water over them and some flour. <laughs> Generally keeps them quite happy. Mm. Go running home to their mums and dads. I don't know why mums and dads let them. It used to be easier years ago when they were collecting penny for the guy for bonfire night. Of course, they never spent the money on fireworks because they couldn't buy them. They bought sweets with them. But sometimes you get some really good-looking guys, and other times you get some really rubbish guys, which were terrible. But this uh, this trick or treating—it's an Americanism. I don't know why it's over here. We don't like it. But the costumes are blooming dangerous. Very don't go anywhere near a a lit flame. You're asking for trouble for most of them. I think really because, you know, it's the little kids that want to wear them. Little kids want to wear them. As they've been out there, the fire brigade have checked them. They're dangerous. They're blooming dangerous, these things. But I think mummies and daddies are geared by cost, aren't they? And I think mummies and daddies think that if they're on sale in department stores, they must be tested. I don't think it is. I don't think it is. Uh, Dion says everybody wants money these days I went to buy a shirt for 55 quid they wanted 5p for a bag so I just bought the bag it looks better on than the shirt would I can never understand why anybody would actually go out Um, I did it the other week and I spent what was it 120 quid on some bits and pieces and uh, so should you require a bag I said yeah absolutely she said it's 5p I said I'll take two you know five pence It's it's only the tight wads out there who go I'm not spending 5p on a bag well don't spend 5p on a bag then you not spend 5p on a bag God, and yet you'll spend a load of money on a load of old rubbish. Oh, dear. That's sad, isn't it? I don't even take bags with me. I can't be bothered. I can't be. In fact, I've got loads of bags under the desks here. Under every desk, I put bags. So there's 10p bags here. Pinch one of those. They're ba- it's a bag for life. Perhaps I should charge 20p for them. I don't know. it be good, wouldn't it? You need oil of cloves. Uh, put it directly on the pain. Good luck. Well, I don't... The funny thing is, the pain is on the cheek. Outside. It's not inside. I don't think. No? No, no, it's not inside, which is very odd, isn't it? Uh, Marie says, I've got flu very weak and ache. Uh, anadine helps the most. I, I, I went to buy anadine extra the other day, and uh, I, th- I thought I'd stick with the ibuprofen. But they seem to, t- after you use them for about a day, they seem to take even longer to, uh, to actually work. So at the moment, I took these about uh, an hour ago, and I'm still waiting for them to, to kick in. They haven't kicked in yet. When I woke up this morning, it was fine. I've been dozing on and off, on and off, on and off. And uh, and then I thought I'll doze again this morning. And when I got in here, I thought I might have a little doze. And I thought, oh, God, no. Say somebody forgets to wake me up and I miss the programme. That'd be horrible. awful. Can I suggest buying some gel from Boots to rub on your gums? It completely numbs the area and allows you enough time to get to sleep. Feeling. Yeah, but then the, tr- the trouble is, I think the, uh, the pain wakes you up. I think that's what it is. Because I woke up... Uh, this morning, thinking, ow, it hurts again. It's gone back to that one. So uh, I put some Bongella on. That didn't seem to make any difference at all. Um, Bridget Bardot is about 80, says Joanne, and still looks ten times better than Gemma Collins does now. She's got class. Uh, Gemma hasn't. Well, Gemma's never had class. That was, that was the trouble. She's always been the big fat bird with the, uh, with the potty mouth, and that's why it never quite, never quite worked for her. And she's not going out to the jungle because the doctor has deemed she's not fit uh, to go out there, she's uh, she's too emotional, as they say. In other words, you're dealing with somebody who isn't uh, who isn't able to act their own age. Uh, Amy Childs had a bit of a disaster. It turned out that the bloke who was sending nude pictures of himself to some girl has spent time in prison for for vehicle theft. He spent 18 months in prison. They can't find him, can they? Down in Essex, everybody else manages to find them. Amy Childs can't find somebody. You know, and uh, Jade Goody couldn't find anybody either, could she, really? When you look at a couple of the boys she went out with, they were, you know, one was inside for assault, one was inside for drugs, there was all sorts of different things, and now Gemma Collins, uh, you know, drug dealer, she seems to be strangely attracted to. It's not good, not good at all. This is Steve Allen with a look back at some of the highlights from my weekday early breakfast show on LBC. More to come after the news. This is Steve Allen with a look back at some of the highlights from my weekday early breakfast show on LBC. Top gear, maze, car prang by pensioner. Uh, The Russians joining the race to find jihadi John. I said yesterday, they were saying, oh, wouldn't it be nice to bring him to justice? No. No, no, shoot him dead. Why do you want to bring him to justice? I don't quite understand. Somebody who's committed so many atrocities, and you would have to call beheadings atrocities. I can't think of anything that would, I mean, I just want to slowly watch him die. That would make everybody very happy. If we bring him over here and we put him on trial, we'll end up putting him in prison, paying him for donkey's years, and, uh, and then he'll probably find some super-smart lawyer who'll get him out on, on the case of he's been victimised. So, no, 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 let's make sure the Russians do away with him completely. I'm sure they can. I'm sure if Mr Putin puts his mind to it, they can do just about anything they want to. Uh, also, there was the other story about a couple who couldn't remember who was driving their Lamborghini. They were speeding and, uh, and so they did that usual old baloney, which people do. When they get into court, they go, well, we have no idea who was driving the car at the time. Really? I mean, are you senile? What do you mean you can't remember who was driving the car? There's only two of you. It's either you or her. It's her or you. Who is it? We can't remember. And the judge and the jury didn't believe them either, so they gave them both six points. <laughs> Brilliant. They should have done it years ago to all these people who managed to find the loophole of getting out of who was driving the car. All these people discovered. If you turn up in court and you go, I don't know who it is, they go, OK, we'll sort of leave it then. I thought, who was it who did it? It was a very famous couple who did it. That's right, Christian and Vicky Price. And then there was another couple as well. Um, um, oh, I can't remember. He, he, he wears a bow tie and she's quite feisty. And, oh, God, what's their blooming name? Christine Hamilton. Christine Hamilton and her husband, they couldn't remember who was driving the car on the way home from a gig. Of course you can remember. Don't be so silly. You know, unless you really are off your trolley and you cannot remember, in which case you shouldn't be driving in the first place. And they they said the same thing. And so, you know, they said, I don't know what to do, really. So in the case of this other couple, well, you're both guilty then. If you can't remember, you both get six points. So they're moaning about it in the paper. Oh, that they bloody are. Anyway, so yesterday I was sick. Sick. And so I left here. And I normally go out. I, I very rarely miss my walk on a Sunday morning. But I just didn't have the strength to do it yesterday. And I didn't feel uh, quite up to it. So I go home. And I go to Marks and Spencer's. And I've been and bought some uh, some paracetamol. Because they seemed to do the trick yesterday. And, um, and then I went to buy. What did I buy? Oh, it was... Um, um, not cauliflower, cheese, it was something like that, asparagus, that wasn't asparagus, it could have been something else, it was like that, it was green and it came with sort of a cheese sauce, so I bought some of those, and then I had a yoghurt and I felt better about that, then I just went to sleep for the afternoon, I thought there is no point in doing anything today, I don't want to do anything, I woke up, I took some more tablets and then I went to bed and I discovered if I lie down flat, it hurts, if I prop myself up, it doesn't hurt so much, so if I'm standing up, it seems to be a lot better. So I sort of put six pillows on the bed. I've got pillows everywhere. And I sort of sank into six pillows, which was great. At least I managed to get some sleep. So I've worked that bit out. Then today I shall go off. And um, I'm not totally convinced at the moment you're going to get the free podcast today. I haven't quite decided. At this precise moment, it's looking a bit dodgy. So take so if there isn't a free podcast today, you'll know that it's because we, we sort of took a turn for the worse towards the end of the programme. And that's all I did. That's all I did yesterday. And then I, I, so I slept most of the day. So when it came to going to bed at night, I was blimmin' useless. Absolutely useless. I didn't watch the Strictly programme. In fact, I didn't watch anything. I, can't remember. I was sort of half-dozing through, through various programmes. But what I was watching, I've got no idea. No idea at all. So when it came to the newspapers for today, it was all new to me. Especially the uh, couple. This is Simon Binner. And uh, he's had his... Uh, I think he's got his suicide today. I mean, some people say, what an incredibly brave man, he's got motor neurons, other people saying, what a selfish person, but that's what he wants to do, that's what he wants to do, he's terminally ill, he's 57, seems hell of a waste, doesn't it, of life really, but he he wanted to make sure that he was able to actually do it by himself without getting there. Now, I don't know the ins and outs, not up to me to judge anybody on something like that, if he wants to take his own life, that's his business, he's doing it in one of those legal clinics, he goes there, he has to be able to take the medicine himself, and then he just goes to sleep. And his body shuts down and that's it. So it, it's, it's, a, it's a bit like, I suppose, uh, you know, somebody who is actually sort of dying in, in prison through committing a crime. His only crime is that he contracted motor neurons. I mean, where it comes from, I've got no idea. Are we all going to get something later in life? I don't know, you do wish it on some people, don't you? But in his case, he's there, his wife's smiling. They look fairly uh, happy. They went through Basel yesterday with their friends. And then today he will, he will take his own life. And that's what he wants to do, but he doesn't want to suffer. And I can well imagine loads of people are like that, aren't they? They say, listen, I don't care what happens at the end of my life, I just don't want to suffer. I don't want it to be a pain. I don't want anything to sort of go horribly wrong. So people take their own life. And in his case, that's what makes him feel better about things. So, you know, good for him. But, uh, you know, I personally wouldn't want one of my relatives to do it. But then it's not my decision. It's their decision. That's the thing that they have to decide for themselves if they want to go through with that. I think I think it's probably quite brave. I'm not sure I could actually do something like that. Uh, the other story that was in the papers today is that Jane Danson has been left terrified. They're always terrified, aren't they? Have you noticed in soaps they're always terrified if something happens? And yet they spend all their life going out of their way to get exposure for themselves. They'll sell every picture that they can. You know, here's them walking down the street with the kids. Here's them on the beach with the kids. Here's them doing this with the kids. They sell every aspect. And then they go to OK Magazine and OK Magazine buy their story. So when something happens that they don't like, they go all uppity. And Jane's man, Jane Ma- uh, Danson has been left terrified after discovering somebody's posted pictures of her children online. And apparently she saw the images of her sons Harry and Sam on Twitter earlier this year. She'd taken the snaps herself but had not posted them online and has no idea how they'd been leaked. A source said it's quite worrying as nobody wants to feel somebody else has access to their family photos to steal them. Well, I'm assuming you go out walking with your kids and I'm assuming somebody with a telephoto lens can take a picture of them. So why would you be surprised? You're in, you're in a public job. You know, unless you're going to wrap them in cotton wool and keep them away. Apparently she's the, uh, the latest in a long line of Corrie stars to be targeted uh, to odd online hosts. There are some sick people out there. We know that they're internet trolls. They're generally mentally sick, mentally ill. They've got problems that they can't deal with themselves, and so what they do is they sort of they post pictures of other people's kids. I mean, you know, why you'd want to take a picture of a person you don't know and then post it online? I can't imagine. I mean, you'd have to be a bit of a pervert, wouldn't you, to do something like that? And when you find them, you'll, you'll probably find this. This is a woman, like the last one we had. <laughs> do you remember? The one who sort of wrote all that dreadful stuff about the McCanns and posted things. And then when the press turned up on her doorstep, big surprise to her. Christian woman, of course. And she ends up taking her own life. Brenda Laylam was it? And there was the other woman who, who dropped a cat in a bin, and a wheelie bin. Do you remember? Mary, somebody, Beard, something like that. It was sort of rough. We were on the right line anyway. Whoever it is, she was another mad as a broomstick person. You know, because that cat could have died in there. You know, they come there, they, they put the wheelie bin at the back of the lorry, it tips it up, and then the thing grinds it all together. Not much chance of the cat getting out alive. And she worked for the RBS. And you think to yourself, these people are mad as broomsticks. I think Christo's got a couple of loonies who sort of write into him. I've, I've got one who's so mentally ill, I've passed it on to the police. You can't, You can't be helping somebody like that. They're too sick. They need help. Mainly locking up, I think, would be probably the best uh, best solution. But you get people like that. They're really sort of odd. It's like people who write to families after their daughters or sons committed suicide. And they write in sort of going, I'm glad they died. And you think, no, these people should be thrown in prison. They're not, they're, they're, they're not normal, are they? They're, they're, they're really not normal. And um, uh, Warren says, had a fabulous weekend. I had the local fish and chip supper quiz. Oh, that sounds quite nice, doesn't it? Actually, the Beckhams did that. Funny you should mention fish and chips. The Beckhams went out. There's all these stories in the papers about the publicity shy Beckhams. And this is one about um, uh, they went out to the Cotswolds weeks ago to have an ice cream. Now they've linked them to an expensive house in the area. Uh, They reckon they're going to buy it. What they are going to do there? God alone knows. It's the middle of bloody nowhere. 744 acres. Who will she talk to? She'll talk to the trees, won't she, and the plants, and the kids will have to sit there Go, Mummy, we haven't got any friends out here. Um. Well, all right, we'll go back to town again. You know, as so they go to Notting Hill Gate, where nobody goes out to play with the kids in Notting Hill Gate. You've been in a, you've been around Notting Hill Gate recently. You could go round in the middle of Halloween. It'll be deserted. Nobody goes knocking on doors. They all keep themselves to themselves. They go, oh, God, it's the bloody Beckhams living next door to us. Well, the, the kid's going to come knocking on the door. Hello, woo, woo, I'm Brooklyn. Woo, yeah, you're very scary. Go away, go away, go back to your mummy and daddy. Dreadful, isn't it, really? And so um, slightly scary that they're looking at the Cotswolds, so, and they said, oh, there's lots of people round there that they know. Yeah, but they don't want them knocking on the bloody door, do they? I think Sam Mendes wants them to go, uh, Victoria Beckham's at the door. What she want? I don't know. She's a cup of sugar or something. Oh, right. Who's she brought with her? The entire family. They obviously, there's something the matter with them, isn't there? They have to post pictures of their life. So, you know, Dave rolling around on the ground, a grown man of that age with his son who's 16, nearly 17, is slightly disturbing, Slightly disturbing. Anyway, uh, so they had a a nice nice thing. The Horticultural Society, Warren had the other day, which which sounded very nice. He said the local fish and chip supper quiz. And um, he said, it's very interesting. He said, uh, Sue Barker will have to move away from the Cotswolds now. They're all out there, aren't they? All the people in the... the, Because it's quite nice in the Cotswolds. But if you've got 748... 744 acres, I think... What are they going to do? Do you think Davy Boy Beckham anytime soon is going to be waking up, you know, and getting up on a horse? You know. Do you see that? No, I don't see that either. Who are they going to talk to? Nobody. The house is so big, and they've got, I think, 15 estate farmhouses as well. So, um, you know, which is quite nice, but what are they going to do with it? What are they going to do with it? What's the point? There's no point in them being flash. Because we've seen them being flash. Flash is, you know, they've got a £31 million house in Notting Hill and they've got a place in America. And they had Beckenham Palace, which was out at Sawbridgeworth. Now they're moving to the Cotswolds. I mean, I mean, the, admittedly, the one in Sawbridgeworth was really tacky. Very tacky. And the, the one in the Cotswolds, I mean, what do they know about things like that? They don't know anything. I hate the fact you're unwell. It seems unfair, says Matthew, as it makes me feel better. Oh, I don't mind being unwell. It's, it's, it's just the annoying part of it it's very annoying being unwell very very annoying and the reason is that you sort of think to yourself I know what I want to do and I know what I'm capable of doing it's just at this precise moment your head feels like somebody's stuffed it with cotton wool and you're not functioning and what I, sh- what I wanted to do yesterday was go and sit in a sauna but I thought I'm not really up to sitting in a sauna people staring at me with envy at my body so I thought no I'm not going to do that so in the end I just stayed at home with a hot water bottle and I'll probably do exactly the same today I think that's how it's going to be. Uh, Andrew in and Shepherds Bush has woken with a raging sore throat. And I'm flying to Delhi tonight. Oh, God. Never fly with a sore throat. That's the worst ever. That'll make you feel really, really bad. I think you need to be outside Boots or anywhere else a lot, uh, a lot earlier for paracetamol. Flying as well with a sore throat. Oh, dear. Oh, dear, you're going to have a rotten time, aren't you? I like to be the bearer of good tidings and good news. No, it is terrible. I flew, flew with a cold once. I was deaf for two days deaf for two days. It was horrid. Uh, Jane enjoyed the interview with Liz Hurley yesterday. I'm Steve Allen. More to come shortly as I look back at some of the highlights from my early breakfast show here on LBC. (laughs) I'm Steve Allen, and this is your chance to listen again, or even for the first time, to some of the highlights of my weekday early breakfast show on LBC. Funny, actually, there is a vicar in the paper today. It could be a bishop, it could be somebody fairly high up. And he was talking about, you know, people taking refugees into their homes, but he doesn't want any in his home, for some peculiar reason. Uh, Daniel O'Connell, he's gone as well. And uh, anxious, Aliona Villani. I mean, she's, she's got such a peculiar name, she's got to be dancing. I wouldn't have known who she was, anyway. She's the uh, trying to uh, bring down these rumours that she's having an affair with Jay McGuinness. Uh, he was in a group called The Wanted, and she thinks it will destroy her chances of winning Strictly again this year. So they plunged down the leaderboard. Um, <coughs> excuse me, as I haven't actually seen the programme, it doesn't really help. I just knew that Daniel O'Donnell couldn't dance for Toffee. And uh, and and Jay McGuinness from The Wanted, I don't know anything about at all. I just know he's had his hair cut and they seem to look OK together. He's got sort of a, a, a slightly sort of Russian Russian look to himself, which I quite uh, like. Uh, lots of pictures of his uh, Simon Binner with his uh, wife. Oh, sorry. With his wife uh, in, um, in uh, where were they? They were in uh, Basel, uh, out with their friends. There's about uh, six of them out there. One, two, three. There is six of them out there. And he'll take a cocktail today, help to die with a cocktail of drugs at the Eternal Spirit Clinic, which is similar to the more famous Dignitas Clinic. They're all these sort of things. And uh, you just but he has to take it himself. They can't administer the drugs. He's got to be able to do it. So he had to be well enough to go out there to do it. Uh, we've had uh, other people who've been out there, a lot of Brits go out there, they decide to end their life, but they've got to take the cocktail of drugs, they cannot be assisted in any way, shape or form, they've got to be able to hold the cup, they've got to be able to drink the stuff, I don't know, I don't know what it's like to die, I really don't, I've had a few touch and go programmes, but I've never actually sort of done anything else, and I don't know whether or not you drink this stuff, and then you put put the cup down, and then you just sort of go to, I'm assuming it's a, it's a very heavy sedative, and then that will send you to sleep, and uh, then your heart will just stop. I'm assuming, I'm assuming that's how it works. And uh, whether there's any pain involved, I don't know. Can't be. Apparently not. Mind you, if you've got motor neuron disease, there can't be much worse pain, can there, than motor neuron or these people who go there going, listen, I've had enough. You know, I'd rather leave when I'm sort of fit enough to actually, you know, do my own suicide. You can't do it in this country. You've got to go to Switzerland to do it. And there's quite a number of people who go there. And it's not cheap. You're not getting it for free. You've got to pay for this. You've got to pay for it he says um um I want to be in here for Christmas, but I can't be she described her husband as uh uh, uh and decline as like waking up to a nightmare every morning and so they'll they'll both be happier and she's smiling he looks fairly happy, so that's obviously what they want to do and it's not up to us to to judge them or sort of decide whether or not they're making the right decision because we don't know we've we haven't got motor neurons disease. You know, and it's, uh, it's a very difficult decision for them. But at least she'll have great, uh, great memories, I hope. And coming up to Christmas, she certainly ain't going to be forgetting any time soon. Uh, there's a triumph for the Sun investigation this morning, which I like. I like it when the Sun triumphs with an investigation. And uh, this one here is of, uh, of a crook. And uh, this bloke, I seem to remember, uh, worked in a court. Uh, his name is Munia Patel. And I think he was a court usher, and he obviously claimed that he could sort of knock off people's convictions for driving. And so he seemed to do it for loads of people. Loads of people. He was at Redbridge Magistrates Court. He said he could make speeding convictions disappear for 500 quid. Unfortunately, um, we've made him disappear for 500 pounds. He's gone inside, so it hasn't cost 30 million, it's cost about 500. And it's amazing the amount of Patels and alleys and... Uh, uh, all sorts of it the, the, more patels than you could shake a stick at, they were saying the other day there was one prison. there are more uh, Muslims in this prison than anybody else well, i 'm obviously being fed the wrong, inform- wrong information about Muslims because there 's obviously a lot of uh, a lot of bent Muslims out there. I mean this one here uh, has been jailed uh, he had ninety six thousand in his bank account, even though he earned just eighteen grand a year. Warning bells ringing you, bent old Patel you. He was jailed for four years in 2011 after committing bribery. Among the offences he wiped out were speeding, driving without insurance. By last month, the police had made 46 arrests, which is fantastic. Uh, lots of them have been uh, given jail sentences. But my God, there's a whole list of people here. Faisal Hussein, Raja Humaz Khan, Haroon Hussein. These are people who shouldn't even have been driving on the roads. They had convictions. He was trying to wipe them out. He pocketed tens of thousands of quids, did old manure, But I'm sure you'll enjoy prison life. You enjoyed it last time. You'll enjoy it this time round as well, won't you? I should imagine. You look as though you'd enjoy prison life. All those men, uh, and 23 convictions now. There was this was a bribery ring operating inside one of the busiest magistrates' courts. A friend of mine, actually, who is our barista here at uh, at Global. He's just gone off to do. Uh, duty as uh, as jury service. And I said, you'll love it. He said, you think so? I said, I guarantee you will absolutely love it. I said, I found it fascinating. I found it absolutely fascinating. And, uh, and you'll find lots of people... Uh, in the court I was in, which was Isleworth Crown Court, I don't think there was anybody who wasn't East European up in court. I, I was... Seriously. I was quite staggered by the fact that in 13 courts there... Because it isn't just one court. There's about 13 or 11 or 10 or whatever it is. And they were all East European, the the people who were up on the, the charges. Because I think it covered Heathrow Airport. My God, there were some bent people in there. And and I turned on the telly the other day and it was another one of these, these sort of uh, police driving things where the people that they were stopping, I mean, most of them were off their faces on drugs or they were professional shoplifters. Or they were doing the other thing, which is not seen as often in this country. It's with the fake fronts on the cash points, where you put your card in and it keeps, it reads the information on it. It gives you all the stuff, but they've got the information on your card. And uh, loads of those people, loads of those people. They're obviously, there's more, obviously more bent East Europeans than we can shake a stick at. Perhaps that's what they all survive on. And now they're over here. No, not so good, I don't think. Not so good. But anyway, I'm sure that uh, all those people who've... Uh, paid the 500 quid to Mania Patel to have their driving convictions quashed, will be uh, enjoying their time inside prison. And uh, hopefully you'll stay there forever. Uh, most women wouldn't need a steam room to get all hot and bothered with Harry Styles. Why do they keep selling Harry Styles if he's some sort of stud bunny? Is there any evidence of this? No. There's a lot of old hearsay that he slept with Caroline Flack uh, and a couple of other people. But apparently he's whisked his new love, Georgia Fowler, off to a romantic spa break. Riveting. Doesn't he have a house or something? Couldn't he take somebody back home? A spa break? You get the feeling, don't you? It's a bit of old spin here. Apparently the One Direction singer and the British-born Chanel model headed off to the swanky Babington house in Somerset. So in other words, not only do they know where they've gone, they know how much the room is that they're in, and yet there's not a picture in sight. Me smells a rat here, ladies. Let's try and make out that Harry Styles is a bit of a stud bunny. You know, as opposed to taking somebody back to his house and then being caught with a photographer opening the door a little bit in the morning and letting her go at about six o'clock. No, they tell you where he's gone. Their private room cost 400 quid a night. It came with their own hot tub and terrace. The pair spent their short stay cooped up in their room, only briefly venturing out to use the pool and luxury steam room. This is this a freebie or something? I mean, they've all but told you, you know, the phone number of this place. This sounds like a freebie. At one point, fellow punters caught a glimpse of the pair, pictured by the outdoor pool. Oh, no. They were by the pool. What in public? God, that is amazing. Harry Styles by a pool. So people caught a glimpse of them. No. How, who's that? Harry Styles. Can't believe it. God, that's like the second coming. It's amazing. A spa breaker January for pensioners. It's, it's not for young people at all. Lying next to the model who was wearing a black bikini. Who was with them, for God's sake? Was their PR with them? It says, was um was enough to make anybody regret overdoing it at lunch? Wow, that's really exciting. Harry Styles takes woman to spa break. Hold that thought, ladies and gentlemen. It's amazing, isn't it? They went there and it was £400. And they had a room and it had a hot tub in the room. and then And then they went and mixed with ordinary people. Wow, do you think Nick Grimshaw was in the next room? Probably highly likely, I should imagine. This is Steve Allen with a look back at some of the highlights from my weekday early breakfast show on LBC. More to come after the news. I'm Steve Allen, and until 7 o'clock this morning, this is the best of my shows from the week. Don't forget you can hear me every weekday morning from 4 until 6.30 here on LBC. And yesterday... I think I made a rod for my own back. I think I actually lied to the chemist. Because I went in yesterday because we discovered that it was a sinus infection. And uh, so I thought, right, I'm having none of this. I'm going to the chemist. So on my way back yesterday, I call in at Boots at Waterloo Station. And I said, oh, uh, something for sinus? And she went, yes. And then she said, you on any blood pressure tablets? So I lied. I said, uh, no, which of course I am. And uh, they they normally shouldn't give them to you if you've got high blood pressure. And so I'm on blood pressure tablets as part of the diabetes and all the rest of it. And so I took this thing and it kind of cleared it up quite quickly. I was quite surprised, actually. And I then thought, oh, I'll go and get some more. So I go to my chemist and so I go, oh, can I have some of these sinus tablets? And she said, no, you can't. I said, why? She said, because you've got high blood pressure. I said, oh. She said, I'll give you some paracetamol. As useless as a chocolate teapot, as far well as I'm concerned. So anyway, so I bought the, uh, the paracetamol, sort of staggered off home with them, and I thought, I think I need to go to the doctor. So I went to the doctor, made an appointment, and, uh, and he said, let's have a look. He said, yeah, there. And it was all the symptoms. It's a, it's a sinus infection. He said, I'll put you on some antibiotics. Well, of course, by this time, I'm sweating like a pig. I mean like a pig. You know, if ever anybody could... I mean, I don't even glow with it. I was sweating profusely. And so I sort of... Uh, I sort of he said, God, he said you are sweating. I said, yeah. He said, um, when, when did you test your blood last? So I said, well, I haven't uh, done it for a little while. He said, well, he said, go home. <coughs> I'll give you the, the prescription for the, for the new medication, for the sinus things. He said, and, um, and do, do your blood. And I've got a little machine, like many diabetics have, and it's great, it's a little metre thing, and you put strips in there and everything else, and then you've got a little machine that you... uh, It's got a needle in it, and you prime it, and you stick it on your finger, and you go, yow! And then you squeeze out a droplet of blood, and you put it on this thing that tells you what your reading is supposed to be. Now, if you're a diabetic, you're supposed to try and keep it between sort of the six to eights. Six to eight would be fantastic. That's what you're looking at. That's the number you're expecting to come up. In my case, 25. 25 came up, I thought, I'm borderline death. And uh, so he said, "He said when you do it, he said, phone me. So I actually did it in the in the chemist. I got Mr. Shah to do it with me. And so we got 25. So we did it again, and we got it down to 19. Because it's always these things. He did my, my blood pressure. I said, what's that like? He said, through the roof. Through the roof. Now, I think it's a combination of being ill And having all these blooming things. But it just drives me bloody mad. It really did. It's so annoying because it's only only a simple thing like a throat. You would think you could get something and just go, and all of a sudden your voice comes back. I mean, I feel fine. A little bit sniffy, but, you know, I've been sniffy before. Probably a lot of other people out there doing sniffings as well with me. I'm not even sure if it's contagious. I don't even know. I don't think, actually, sinuses are contagious. But when I explained where it was, you know, you have to open your mouth as wide as you can, which in my case isn't that wide. And so we saw, we did all that kind of bit, and he said, yeah, he said, it's very it's a bit inflamed. And uh, so I took these tablets, I went home, and I didn't do anything. That's two days running. I've done absolutely nothing at home. I've sat in front of the television, but the good news was that um, I didn't actually have very much to eat yesterday. All I had was a bowl of soup, chicken and rice soup, and uh, and some bread to dunk in it which I thought was quite good, and that's all I had. That's all I had. Today I'm just going to have soup again. If nothing else, I'll lose weight on this blooming thing. Uh, and cutting out the alcohol, because I've got to get the sugar levels down. And quite clearly, the amount of sugar that must be in Prosecco must be pushing it through the roof. So I didn't have any alcohol yesterday. Oh, I'll tell you, I had a little vodka. Because vodka's not exactly the same as, you know, hasn't got as high sugar content. So I did that yesterday, but it's when it went to 25, I thought, blimey, I've never been 25. I think the last time I was 25 was when I was first diagnosed with diabetes, and they went, oh, yeah, you're definitely diabetic. So, I mean, I'm doing all my, my insulin, I'm doing all the right injections. It's just that this morning, I do apologise for sounding crap, OK? Because sometimes you turn on the radio and you think, oh, he doesn't sound very well. What if it's contagious? I did think about this yesterday, wondering if something that you've actually got, could you pass it down a microphone and it could end up coming out of your radio and you could effectively infect 90% of the country with one failed swoop? Like some sort of virus that wanders through the ether. I don't think it's right, though. I don't think you can ever do stuff like that. So if you've got it as well, well, then I sympathise with you. They'd ask, funny, they'd all ask me, in the chemist and in the doctors, have you ever had sinus problems before? I said, never. I've never had sinus problems. is that interesting? Why would I get sinus problems? Where would you get a sinus infection from? And you know what I thought the other day? I remembered I took some <laughs> some wine and Prosecco and I remember, as opposed to putting it in my mouth, it ended up going up my nose. And I wasn't sure if that was, that was part of it, because your, your nose is connected to your mouth. Into That's why you get people who can push things up their nose and pull it out through their throat. You've seen people doing ribbons and condoms and stuff like that. I haven't got as far as that yet. I'm not, I'm not sort of going into the circus anytime soon. But I, uh, I did sort of think to myself, oh, God, why doesn't it go away? I spent most of the evening clutching my hot water bottle. And very nice it was, too. Very nice it was, too. And then I sort of, and I sort of sat in here, and you know when you don't, you don't feel 100%. I feel OK. It's just that I feel a bit sort of hot and sweaty and a bit cold and everything else. And um, I just, you know, I think I should really be tucked up in bed with sort of the duvet right under my chin. <coughs> I will be coughing on the programme this morning. I'll be trying not to get as bad as I have been in the past, because I'm just angry. I'm angry with myself for getting it. And I'm angry with everything. I get really cross with colds. I shouldn't do really. I shouldn't do it. I'm ever so sorry. I, I, I try not to. Uh, I, I try not to uh, to make it as if I'm as if I'm really really ill. But uh, I'm I, I'm not feeling at my best this morning only because I can't get the voice right. The producer said he thinks I sound sexy. Which I think is actually quite quite true, actually. I think I sound quite sexy as well. <laughs> unfortunately, unfortunately, sounding sexy is not exactly going to get us through until 6.30. So we might, every so often, I might have to take little breaks, uh, with your permission. Well, actually, I'm not even going to ask your permission. I might just have to do it. Uh, just to give my throat a little bit of a break for it, because I don't want to sort of go sicky-poos too often. I don't like doing sicky-poos. So we might have some little gaps on the programme this morning where we'll play you out some little bits of in conversation. Cathy says you should be tucked up in bed. I know. Just the very idea of being tucked up, I think, is actually quite nice. And um, somebody, loads of people. And uh, what was the sugar level, Steve, says Lisa? 25. I've got it down now. This morning we're 16. 16, so we've actually sort of come down, which is a lot, lot uh, better. Uh, Joey says, we still love you, even with the husky voice. And Jordan says, sniffling and coughing as well, Steve. Get well soon. Oh, it's horrible. Isn't it vile? It's just so annoying. I get really... I'm so angry this morning. I'm trying not to be angry with myself and try it, but, I mean, everybody's doing it. And the, the trouble is, if you do a speech programme, not like doing a music programme... Where you can just sort of, you can open up the, if you can manage to get your voice sounding right for about 35 seconds, you're okay. If you do a speech programme, you don't kind of get the the long breaks that music people do. I mean, I do know stations around here where you can play five tracks and not say anything. Well, that's basically 15 minutes. You can make yourself better during a programme. On this one, because LBC is a, oh, it's found a bit better then, uh, because LBC is a speech station, well, it almost came back to normal. Um, And you sort of think to yourself, perhaps it might get better, perhaps I can wear it in. But I've tried that bit before. That doesn't work out. You know when you think, if I keep doing it, all of a sudden if I keep clearing my throat every so often, it might actually get a bit better. But that doesn't work like that, because what you're doing is you're straining your vocal cords. And as I use my voice say, as my tool, so to speak, I, uh, I have to sort of kind of make it through the night through the wee small hours of the morning. So I looked through the papers, and that kind of annoyed me as well, because there's not a great deal in there. There's bits about Princess Beatrice and Eugenie who aren't doing some trick, because apparently they're really busy working. That'll be the first time in their little uh, their little lives. And then Prince Harry going on about the uh, the soldiers, and we need to find these, uh, these empty buildings that can be turned into uh, places where they can stay. <clears throat> and I thought, wait a minute, I think I've got this wrong here. I do remember reading some time ago that Help for Heroes have got so much money in the account and there are empty beds in many of their establishments that they haven't got enough people to put in them. So what's Harry on about? Is he is he in the real world? And then I thought, wait a minute, if you really want to put people up, your grandmother's got a little place at the end of the mall. She must have over 100 bedrooms in there. Perhaps they could all sweep or do something. You know, just sort of pay for their keep. What do you reckon? Yeah, and and the lion tamer bites back. People don't like lion tamers. And uh, there is a show at the moment where the bloke is so comfortable. His name's Thomas Chipperfield of the Chipperfield Circus family. And he's so comfortable with his lion, he kisses the lion. Now, admittedly, he's had it since it was, you know, a baby, because it was born in, in captivity. And so I they know each other. I still keep thinking they're wild animals, and they've got paws the size of dinner plates. I mean, they're seriously, seriously dangerous. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't trust myself, and I, I was a little bit frightened. But I mean, he seems to be okay with it. Um, um, the the jail for the drunk who caused the sixty six delays on the railway. The Beckhams, they're still dragging this one out. You know, are the Beckhams going to spend twenty three million quid or twenty five million quid on this pile in the Cotswolds? Uh, today's latest wheeze. I say they, they they don't appear in any other papers around the world. They only appear in the British press, which is hilarious because they don't spend that much time in this country, do they? They spend most of their time in America and she jets about all over the place and he's jetting about all over the place. So they've got this pile that apparently they've looked at. You know, how true that is, I don't know. 744 acres, 15 farmhouses. I mean, it's way out of their league. I mean, way out of their league. They don't understand anything about estate management. They don't know anything about it. And then they found a pub. The pub is called the Golden Ball so that kind of ties in, doesn't it? That ties in because apparently years and years ago, when he was sort of just barely able to speak, she called him Golden Balls on television. And that kind of stuck. And so forever he's been known as Golden Balls. I don't. Know, he, he probably sits there and has a good old laugh over a whiskey, I should imagine, with his friends. And so they said that, you know, he, he, he could go in there uh, and uh, and play board games with the locals. You don't seriously think that Victoria Beckham's going to be mixing with the hoi polloi, do you? She doesn't do things like that. What, oh, but they sort of sit there and have a small Chinzano while the locals go, oh, you're not very fat, are you, love? Perhaps you could put on some weight for us. Would you like to open country fair down she not the faintest idea. Out of their depth completely. They would order want 744 acres. But apparently it's because we've been told that Guy Ritchie gets him into uh, hunting, shooting and fishing. I mean, do you believe do you seriously see David Boyd Beckham out there? We know he's worn flat caps before, but I shouldn't imagine he could fire a 12-bore of his life dependent on it, which is very interesting. Uh, also, there will be snow at Christmas. I'm here to confidently tell you this is going to be the coldest Christmas you've ever experienced. And if it's anything like my heart this morning, my heart will go on. Oh, it sounds like the title of the song. Uh, but we will take um, a little break. My friend Simon Beale says that get well soon. I was listening to him in the lift coming in this morning. That's funny. You hear people in the oldest places, Simon. Oldest places. I'm Steve Allen. More to come shortly as I look back at some of the highlights from my early breakfast show here on LBC. This is Steve Allen with a look back at some of the highlights from my weekday early breakfast show on LBC. Uh, the Flu Jab says Glenys says for 60-year-olds... And over... No, it's for loads of people. Pregnant women. All sorts of people can get the uh, the flu jab. I mean, if you're if you're uh, diabetic or you're over a certain age, you get it for free. But, uh, no, it's for everybody. Uh, Glenda says, it made me so ill ten years ago. I said, never again. Seven days, couldn't move out of bed. Oh, I never had that. I, I get the thing. It's about a week later I then develop something. But that's what it's supposed to be, isn't it? It's supposed to be like that. So they tell me. So they tell me. I don't know. What do I know about these things? Uh, 84850. Steve at lbc.co.uk. Uh, Jan says, thank you for letting me know about the Lion's Coffee. Drinking it now. It's lovely, isn't it? I've got one this morning. In fact, I've done manuka honey and I've done a coffee. So at the moment I'm, I'm sort of struggling through. Uh, Jan's in County Durham this morning. And Noreen says, uh, sorry, you're poorly still. Go home to bed. I can't. I've got to, a, got to do a show till 6.30 this morning. But I have a sneaking feeling. In fact, I can pretty well guarantee there's no free podcast for today. I think that might just be pushing it a little bit. Uh, Was it on a parking that Posh called David Golden Balls? It was. It was. He sort of sat there looking back. That's when she took over the whole interview. Do you remember? She took over the whole interview. He barely said anything at all. And that's where people started laughing. Every time the poor soul opened his mouth, everybody was laughing at him. Didn't really help. Uh, New trailer released for Star Wars. The Force Awakens. And uh, I've just been sent it, actually. It comes out on 17th of December. You can get a download version Oh, blimey. why have I been sent that? Am I doing something on Star Wars? Perhaps I'm going to be meeting them. The Force of Wet, there's a YouTube link, and then there's uh an embed or whatever that I don't know what it is, but it's all to do with Star Wars, where apparently people the other day were going crackers trying to buy tickets for it. And uh and they they were oversubscribed and some people, you know, it's like, Oh, I really want to go see Star Wars. It's amazing how it uh how it actually sort of has taken hold, hasn't it? We we really love things like that. Really love Star- i c I'm not really bothered. The producer loves stuff. He really, he, you know, he, he goes to the exhibitions. He could have been a stormtrooper, but they don't make him in his size. They're a little bit smaller. Although in Twickenham, we have the shop where they make the stormtrooper outfits. They sell them, they've got all in the window. And the Darth Vader. <laughs> Sounds a bit like me, actually. Uh, Jez says, get well soon and stop milking it. Don't pop in. It's nice, isn't it? Honestly. You know, where your fr- you know who your friends are when you're on your deathbed? <laughs> some listener says robert may have to start phantom sympathy pains in relation to your cold you should take the rest of the week off to fully recover you must be mad what well, the money i'm paid i'm not going home to stay there and let somebody else earn my money <laughs> Philip streatham says i took your advice and made some corned beef hash it was lovely Used loads of butter oh i love corned beef hash it's quite simple to make isn't it really i think it's just sort of corned beef and hash they <laughs> were And uh, it's very nice. Uh, Nick says, sorry about the sinus infection. Remember Michael Van Stratton, LBC's alternative medic from years ago? Yep, he's still alive. He recommended beetroot juice for sinus infections. I tried it. It was horrific. Oh, yeah. And uh, being tucked up in bed often makes you feel worse. Doing stuff takes your mind off it. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely true. As a fellow diabetic, says, uh, "Darren, I can tell you any infection drives up your blood sugars. Oh, absolutely. Yes, I know that. Is that anything can drive up blood sugars? stress. Illness, you know, also just all sorts of silly things. All sorts of th- silly things drive up blood sugars. Uh, but I haven't actually. I don't think I've ever ever got to twenty five, apart from years and years ago, years and years ago. Uh, Chai tea says Vin could ease the throat. Hmm. So so. Uh, Daryl says I think the lion tamer needs to be really careful. Didn't Secret and Roy res they tigers for cubs? We're not what happened there. Yeah, they explained it away though. And I sat with Secret and Roy in Vegas, and they explained it away that uh, one of them thought that he was going to be attacked, so the lion was protecting him. It was a tiger, wasn't it, protecting him? But uh, put, put Roy out of action for, uh, for everything. a completely different person. Uh, Margie says, do take care. My mother's diabetic, had a cold. It wouldn't get better. Turns out, touch a pneumonia. So take care. A duvet day. Duvet day. i tell you what I do, actually. I'm actually better. I'm actually good at, uh, at falling asleep on the settee. I love falling asleep on the settee. I curl up, I put a cushion on my lap, on on my tummy, and I'm out for the count. Oh, it's delicious. I could wake up hours later, having had, you know, a fantastic time. And you think, no, that's definitely it. Uh, Steve, I can't believe I'm roaring with laughter at four in the morning. Too hilarious to think that Victoria Beckham having Cinzano. Yes, that would be nice, actually. (laughs) do you think so, Victoria Beckham? (laughs) Do you have a yearly flu jab? Yes, because I'm diabetic. Yes, all diabetics. And loads, loads of people qualify for the yearly flu jab. And so I do um, I do go for it in a big way. I like it. A cup of tea, cup of tea. Ooh, I might have a cup of coffee. Might have a cup of coffee. With, with sort of coffee from out there. No, I have got a cup, but I'm halfway through it. So I'll have a fresh cup. Just a normal one. In case there's an infection on this one or something like that. I don't know. That's the best I can think of at the moment, I think. Uh, I'm an avid listener, says Anne, in Zurich to your programme. So I like people listening in Zurich. She says, I've just uh, evenly had exactly the same sinusitis infection as yourself. It's doing the rounds. My immune system is very compromised, like yours. Following chemo, what you've probably got is a virus, and antibiotics probably won't be much help. Well, actually, it's it's easing the pain. It's the pain that went with it. And... um, uh listen if, if there is a tablet to take i take it she says remember that uh, sinusitis makes you feel depressed that's normal I've, I've never been depressed in my life actually i'm quite like i get fed up that's not the same as depression is it I never get depressed i'm very good at not getting depressed i just get angry angry is so much better than getting depressed Why oh, do you want to get depressed about something i don't get depressed about it i just get angry at the fact that i'm i'm sort of not very well and that's it Uh, Alan's in uh, Brixton Wicked show, he says Wicked show That's quite nice I like the idea of it being a wicked show And uh, Mike says I had the flu jab many years ago Never again will I have that I've never felt so ill in my life I had to take a week off work Which I spent in bed I've heard that from a lot of people But I've been having it for so many years now I think I'm almost immune to it (laughs) So I never sort of uh, I never worry about the flu, flu jab I know they said, oh, some of them work and some of them don't work. And, you know, this one might work for you and that one might not work. And you might get reaction. I've never had any reaction to it at all. Nothing. If, of course, if, of course you call sinus problems. Because <laughs> they did ask me, I told you. You know, have, have you had sinus problems before? I don't think I ever have. But this one, I can feel it just underneath my eye. It feels a little bit, little bit sore. So that's what the antibiotics are going to do. Uh, by Wednesday, said if nothing's uh, happened, then we're going to put you on something very strong. You nearly put me on something very strong yesterday. I like to go for maximum strength. If there's something doing the rounds, I want to try it. Would you like to try this? Yes. You don't know what it's going to do to you? I don't care. I'll try it anyway. I like that idea. Uh, so the uh, the pub is called the Golden Ball Inn. Uh, David Beckham has fallen for this Abbotswood estate. I told you, set in 774 acres. What in God's name are they going to do with that? They'd, I mean, I really cannot see Scampi in the basket in Victoria Beckham down the pub. We know she can't cook. She, she does take away pizza. She can reheat. But I don't think that uh, she'll be cooking any time soon. As they're going to sit down there. By the time the locals have all been in and peered at them, she's not going to be enjoying that at all. And also to look after a 774 acre estate will take an army of people. An army of people. The money that they've got at the moment, they could see it dwindling away. Don't find many rich farmers nowadays. Uh, Jamie Oliver's pushing on his fizzy drinks. It's because of the sugar. He's uh, he's decided to go all out and to make sure that we, uh, we cut down on sugar. Which is lovely, but to be honest with you, I find it a little bit patronising. I'm well aware of what sugar does. And he said the Prime Minister should not be swayed by big business. Yeah, right. So anyway... Uh, Tooth decay, heart disease, type 2 diabetes are rising alongside obesity, partly due to sugar. Yeah. He thinks there should be a tax on every can of fizzy drink, which is great for me because I don't drink fizzy drinks, so I couldn't care less. But it might stop other people doing it, mightn't it? I've I've got friends of mine who actually uh, do drink a lot of fizzy drinks. I used to years and years ago, (coughs) but not for, god blimey, donkey's ears. I used to go out and buy, I think it was like a 10-pack or a 12-pack of Pepsi and Coke, and it would go in the fridge, so it would always be ice cold. I used to love it. Cool, that with a dash of vodka, very cheeky on a Friday night. Or a Thursday or a Wednesday or a Tuesday or a Monday. It didn't make, uh, make too much difference. But uh, now, not one fizzy drink will pass my lips, mainly because I know it's got so much sugar in it, and I don't like the ones that don't have sugar in there, so easier to abstain completely. Uh, The Apprentice stars. You're ready. They're calling her a star from The Apprentice. They're all losers. Every single one of them is losers in this programme. And this is um, April Jackson. She apparently had a secret four-month romance with Usain Bolt, the former beauty queen, dated the sprinter after meeting him through a mutual friend dear. And then you look at a picture of her out with him on the town. Then you look at a picture of the person who's presenting herself on television. Hilarious. Two different people, ladies and gentlemen. Two completely different people. And they say apprentice star. Sort not a star. She's another one who tells fibs about what she's done and how talented she is. Answer is, she had an affair with Usain Bolt. How clever is she? Not very clever. This is Steve Allen with a look back at some of the highlights from my weekday early breakfast show on LBC. More to come after the news. I'm Steve Allen and this is your chance to listen again or even for the first time to some of the highlights of my weekday early breakfast show on LBC. Roger, I do remember some years ago, because he hung around with Elvis Presley, and I mention this because this is this is well documented, obviously Elvis and uh, Tom Jones uh, had exactly the same thoughts about gay people. They didn't like them. In fact, Tom, when he came down to London to record with Joe Meek, had uh, when, when he discovered that he was gay and Joe Meek apparently touched his body, his bottom. Uh, he, he nearly went straight back up to Cardiff again. But I do remember Elvis Presley was doing a film and uh, the, the butch dancers had to lift him up uh, and, ca- and apparently somebody groped him. And Elvis went, stop, stop. There's a faggot in here. And the whole thing ground to a halt while they had to sort of find out which one it was. They were all a little bit. It, it was a different generation. And uh, Tom was very worried that he thought the music business was full of uh, people who weren't normal. It's funny, actually, because now that's almost sort of, you know, par for the course in it, really. But in the early days, it was just Joe Meek and a few other people. Although every single manager at the time was Jewish and gay. I don't think there were many managers of pop groups who weren't Jewish and gay. They wrote a book about it. There was a whole book written about it. So Tom's got himself into more hot water over that one. But just have to remember, he's, he's from a different generation. Um, I quite like the idea that uh, the pair who were queuing by the Easy Desk jet lost their flight... Because there weren't enough EasyJet staff to process them, and um, and so they uh, they sued, and they won. They got a thousand quid, which is good, isn't which I think is quite nice. Anyway, nice to be back with you. Thank you very much indeed for your uh, messages. <clears throat> Thank you to Christo. Oh, we got very uppity yesterday. Because I was not very well. And he, he, and he sent me a message saying, you know, glad you're better and all the rest of it. Well, of course, I wasn't actually better. I was just sort of, I was bluffing it. And I got loads of messages from people. I was going to send out a standard blank. Thank you very much indeed. Very sweet. I didn't respond to him. And I got, I got just sort of some quite uppity little thing from him, which I thought was a little bit disappointing. But never mind. It doesn't matter. I can, you know, he's still on the Christmas card list. Just. I, th- I don't think I put a stamp on the envelope, though, just to make it more interesting. So if you remember, we had this thing. A couple of days ago, which I thought was uh, sinus, because it's uh, it's underneath, you know, one of my eyes, only on the right hand side, and it hurts, and it hurts if you lean forward, it hurts if you lie down. So the thing is, you have to sleep standing up at the moment. It's a little bit tedious, a little bit boring. So I go to the uh, the chemist. uh, I tell a fib to get some tablets for sinus, which kind of sort of stop the pain a little bit and uh and then I thought I'll go and get some more from my chemist well they, they were a little bit more on top of it and said well you can't have anything for sinus because you're on um blood pressure tablets so I said okay fine so they said you what you what you need to, I'll give you some cocodamol which are fairly strong and that's fairly good I can take two of those or failing that you can go to the doctors and get them to prescribe an antibiotic so I did I go to the doctor I get a uh, an appointment Sit in the doctor. Go and see the doctor. He's very nice, and he gives me this thing. He said, I'll, "I'll give you this. No, I'll give you this one. I'll give you the bog standard one. If it doesn't work by Wednesday, come back and we will change it for the tablets I was going to give you." So the bog standard one didn't didn't make any difference at all. In fact, I was in probably a worse state than I was first time round. So yesterday morning, up at the crack of dawn, uh, off to the uh, the doctors to try and get an appointment. And they they if, if you don't have an appointment for that day, you go onto a list. And they phone you and they sort of check what it is, just to make sure you're not going to go in and waste their time, which, of course, I don't. So the the doctor changed the prescription, went to get the new one, tried it yesterday. That doesn't seem to make any difference either. And this one, you have to take loads of water with the tablets just in case you get stomach complaints. So I'm back on the Cocodamol. And, and I'm none the wiser as to what it is. I really don't know what it is. It's probably just doing the rounds. Everybody seems to be ill at the moment. I thought one day off, you know, that's about it. I was getting so annoyed at watching programmes on the television. I thought I need to come back into work to calm myself down. Because you can't sit there getting annoyed and talking to the wall, can you? That doesn't quite work at all. And I wasn't quite in the mood for talking to anybody. So I'm just sending out text messages to friends going, listen, uh, I'm not feeling right up to it. I'll catch you tomorrow. And what I did, I was quite good. I sort of dozed on and off, on and off, on and off for most of the day, which was quite nice. So obviously I I was meant to catch up on the sleep. And I can sleep out. I do quite like the sleep. I'm very good at dozing. But I thought I'd better nip out because I had this craving for tomato soup. So I went out and bought four tins of cream and tomato soup and I had some some bread and butter and I had tomato soup in a mug and I loved every minute of it. And then I thought, I better go and get some fruit. So I went to get some fruit. I couldn't really be bothered with anything at all. I haven't touched Prosecco in two days. Getting withdrawal symptoms. Uh, So so I had some more soup and I had some, uh, what did I have? Stilton and broccoli. That was quite nice as well. And haddock chowder. I've gone mad on soup all of a sudden. Mad. I never used to drink soup. Not really a soup eater, but uh, but loved it. And then I thought, today I'm going to have another bowl of cream of tomato soup. <laughs> I'm, I look at it as kind of mother's ruin, really, as far as I'm concerned. But I do like it. I do like it. And I bought in the stuff that Stephen Mulhern gave to me, which is very sweet. I thought that was very nice. So I bought him a present today. So if he doesn't pop in and see me before his programme, which is on one of our sister stations upstairs, I shall have to run it up after the programme because I've got to record Ruth Langsford today for In Conversation. Plus this weekend's In Conversation is going to be Steve Coogan and Amanda Holden. Steve Coogan and Amanda Holden. And um, actually, I have just remembered when I recorded Amanda Holden, we were upstairs. We did it in the, because she'd come from from doing a television interview. So luckily she was fully made up. I, of course, had no makeup on and looked as ill as anything. Uh, so that's, r- that's roughly how it's all sort of planning out at the moment. And uh, then tomorrow, there's a little group of us here. So it's a group of about three or four of us. We go out and we have afternoon tea in a different place. And we've had some super afternoon teas. I mean, really, there's a lot of really, really good afternoon teas out there. But uh, tomorrow's is, uh, is a very special place. And I'll tell you about that on Sunday morning. What's tomorrow? It's tomorrow. For- yeah, tomorrow's Friday. And then I've got a couple of friends coming down from Oop North, because they work for some of our sister stations up there. And they're coming down. I'm booked in for the 27th of February, uh, February, 27th of uh, November. Imagine if I was booked in for February. That really would be quite clever, wouldn't it? And uh, then we finally got the car transfer thing over, uh, which is sort of transferring a cherished plate over. So we've sorted that out. What else have I done, actually? I've just been quite, I've been sort of quite, quite lazy. I've discovered that I can actually sit in front of the television and absorb rubbish. And yesterday I absorbed rubbish. In fact, I couldn't actually believe that this programme had ever made it onto the television. It was The Apprentice. And I know that people have seen it. I've never been a fan of it because I've heard people who tell lies before and we suss them all out and they go there and they give it the talk and they give it the walk and they all think they're big and clever but they turn out to be a bit thick. Well, the bunch they got at the moment have to be about the thickest I think I've ever seen. You know, they've got people... Just because you pile your hair up on top of your head and stick a suit on does not make you clever. Yesterday, they had a task. The task was half of them were going to go to Calais and the other half were going to stay here. And they had to find objects. I believe they've done it before. I believe they've actually done it before. Um, And so they they said, oh, you're, you're going to be going to Calais. So this woman sat there, I promise you. And she went, is that an island? And I'm thinking... How how did you actually get onto this program? Are you, you know, you're too stupid for words. You really are too stupid. Anyway, it turned out they were even thicker than you imagined. They go over there. One of that they had to buy some uh, mussels. They had to buy some snails. Had to buy a piece of lace. Uh, they had to get some uh, some goblets. All sorts of little things. Well, if you go somewhere like Calais and they say to you, can you bring back some snails and some mussels, where would you go? You'd go to a fish shop. Like, if you were round my way, you would go to Sandy's. And you would say to Stuart, I need some mussels and some snails. And he'll say, I don't have them in at the moment, I'll get them in for you tomorrow. Well, they went to a restaurant to buy them. You can imagine, can't you? I mean, they were so dumb. They were so dumb, it was really embarrassing. (coughs) And so I sat there with jaw on floor thinking, I mean, is, is there some criteria that these people get these these sort of allocated places? Because just sticking these blokes, and half of them were a bit stupid. You know, the one who claimed he spoke French hardly spoke English, let alone speaking French. And so it's, uh, it was just really ridiculous. So I sat there watching it, at the end seriously thinking... They really are the thickos. These are the people who come in and go, oh, I I, I can be a radio presenter. And you go, can you? And they go, yeah, I can, because I've I've done hospital radio. And you think, oh, well, that's it then, isn't it? That's your claim to fame. And so, by the end of it, I had lost the will to live. I had decided that these people were just fantasists. I had decided that they had no intention of actually managing anything at all. They just wanted to be on the television. They just wanted to be on the television, and if it wasn't going to be on Police five or any of those crime watch programs, then it would have to be because they'd uh, they told lies and gone, you know I can do this because I'm a business person. They were really stupid. I mean, seriously, the people who said that they spoke French didn't speak French at all. they did worse than schoolboy French. it was terrible it was it was just so awful, and uh, there was one woman who's got a dress shop who apparently was a former Miss Miss Jamaica who appeared to contribute nothing at all. I mean, I don't know what she was doing there. I'm assuming she'd wandered in by mistake. Either way, it was very entertaining. And I shall look forward to the next uh, episode. I'm Steve Allen. More to come shortly as I look back at some of the highlights from my early breakfast show here on LBC. (laughs) I'm Steve Allen, and this is your chance to listen again, or even for the first time, to some of the highlights of my weekday early breakfast show on LBC. Can you believe that? There's going to be a shortage of Lego. Do you think that's just a, a pre-Christmas hype? So that people go, oh God, we can't run out of Lego, can we? We used to have a Lego shop in Kingston. It closed. It closed. A Lego shop. I mean, we had Lego. when I, I mean, now it's far more sophisticated. That's that question, isn't it? Whom, who makes the most tyres? In the world? Answer, Lego. Lego makes something like 320 million tyres every year. And they're rubber tyres because they put them. Well, we, we never had wheels in our Lego, we just had the bricks. And they were just red or white, which was nice. But uh, Nick Ferrari and the team this morning, as junior doctors in England are set to ballot on industrial action in a row with the government over contracts, should they strike? My son, the jihadi. We hear from one brave Buckinghamshire mum whose son travelled to Somalia to join a deadly Islamist terror group. And overseas investors swoop on £100 billion worth of London property in the past six years. Are you singing from the rooftops or has this left you feeling flat? Nick Ferrari and the team from seven this morning after the morning news with Lisa Aziz looking at the paper today. It's John McKenzie, the executive diary editor at the Daily Mail. Always nice to see him in the studio. Uh, Texts and emails 84850 steve at lbc.co.uk. And we shall put everything in on the programme for you this morning. I'm going to tell you the story shortly about Benny the cowboy. Benny the cowboy we've just sent to prison. Unfortunately, Benny the cowboy is a bit of a crook. In fact, actually, he's a bit more than a crook. He's a three-year in-prison crook. And I'll tell you why. He was charging pensioners, ripping pensioners off ghastly person. But better off in prison, I think. Better off in uh, in prison. Uh, also, uh, we've seen uh, Kate and, uh, uh, and also Jackie Chan, the Kung Fu King. Jackie Chan. Good God in heaven. Is that Jackie Chan, old Jackie Chan, or is that Jackie Chan Jr.? I'm assuming this is old Jackie Chan. Is it really? Good lord! He looks amazing, doesn't he? I used to love the Jackie Chan movies. I was quite into. It. I remember buying a movie once. Was it Crowded Dragon, Hidden Tiger, or something? Or Crunch Dragon? I can't remember what it is. Crouching Dragon. Yeah. Oh, Crouching Dragon. Hidden. T- and that was right. Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. It was good though. And they did all these things, and then then they showed you how they made it. And it turns out they didn't do these black flips at all. They were on wires. They were on wires, jumping, and... Because I, I used to remember thinking I'd love to be able to do kung fu. You know, somebody comes up to you in a pub and goes, here, mate, you're looking at me, and you go, chow. you know, that, that used to frighten me. And so, and you think to yourself, if you could ever do something like that... I mean, Jackie Chan was the master. The master. Mind you, I was impressed by anybody who could do things like that. And everybody looked really... They did it in a Bond film once, didn't they? Where all of a sudden, James Bond was actually really good at doing karate and kung fu. And I thought, what a what a, what a gift to have. What a gift to have. Um, but uh, it didn't work for me. Uh, Goldie Horn's in a lot of the papers today. Uh, the reason she's in there is she was banned from wearing a low-cup top on loose women. She was told to dress more conservatively for the all-female TV chat show. Goldie says, I was about to go on, and they said, You can't wear this, and you can't wear that, and you can't wear any low-cut. So she says, It's not like I came over with a trunk. I threw a bunch of things in a suitcase. I had one dress and it's black and purple. So I wore that. So there you go. Why would they say that? We've had to put up with... uh, I mean, I'm trying to think, actually, who who demonstrates their saggy bosom. Oh, it'll be Colleen Nolan, won't it? I mean, her bosom's practically resting on the desk. So the idea of telling Goldie Horn to sort of cover up... That's a bit odd, isn't it, for a female programme? For a programme that celebrates the female form and celebrates the... art. Perhaps they thought it was a bit overt... Perhaps they thought it was a bit sexual. Although, to be honest with you, the last thing you think of when you look at the panel of loose women is sex. You do actually seriously think, oh, a cup of cocoa. That'd be nice. I did buy some hot chocolate the other day. Uh, I didn't have uh, any of it. I've still got it sitting there. And I remember thinking, I haven't had a cup of hot chocolate since donkey's years have gone by. And so I bought it. It was only like two quid. Cadbury's hot chocolate. And then it said, boil milk in a saucepan. You put it in, you bring the milk, and then you I thought, oh, God, it's far too complicated. Why can't you just sort of buy a hot chocolate mix, pour it into a cup, and it tastes like full cream sort of Cadbury's chocolate or something? I don't know. I haven't had it for a long time. I used to love Born Vita. Do you ever, ever have Born Vita? Oh, that was delicious. Born Vita was sort of, it was sort of an Ovaltini. Well, it wasn't like Ovaltine at all, actually. It was like Born Vita. It looked like crystals. When you open the tin, and it was a tin, I'm sure, and it looked like crystals on the top, like little miniature sugar crystals. God, It was delicious. It had such a flavour to it. Such a, but I've got a dreadful problem at the moment. Uh, well, apart from the usual. I've got a bottle of toffee vodka in the fridge. I bought it at an Ideal Home show a few years ago. Now, I don't know how long vodka keeps. I can't get the lid off. I can't get it off. It just does not come off. And I don't want to sort of break the bottle in case I get glass in there or something like that. So I don't know what to do with it. Somebody said run it under the hot tap. I said, oh, do you think that would work? They said, well, why not? Yeah. So um, I might try running it under the hot tap later, because when I I tried, tried some of this at the Ideal Home Show years ago, it was delicious. Toffee vodka. Can you imagine? Toffee vodka. God, I'll tell you. Prosecco could fade into the background, ladies and gentlemen. Um, Did you watch the TV programme called Scammers, says Richard? I didn't, actually. I don't know what it is. What is it? Is it a programme that scams people? Uh, Winston and Guildford, thank you. Jenny says it's been like you've been away for weeks. I felt like it was weeks. I felt like it was weeks. I was sort of you know when you sit there at home and you sort of go la 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 and you sort of practice to just see how desperate you know desperately bad your your voice has got because in this business, unfortunately, if you're if you're laid low, it's all right if, if you're a music presenter and you get a cold because you've only got to do little links. If you do a speech program. Far more complicated. Far more complicated. You know, you've got to sit here and try and be imaginative, and try not to uh, to sweat. The one thing that the 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 end result of this uh, of this sort of cold stroke sinus thing is that it's pushed my blood sugars up through the roof. If you remember, on day one, I did 25. I'm supposed to be doing 11s. You know, 9 to 11 would be nice. Well, 9 would be a lot better, according to the nurse. But uh, 25 I did. And then the other day I did it, and it was uh, 18. Then we got it down to 16. And so I'll I'll check it a little bit later on. But, you know, you can tell that it's going to be high. And it's not for any reason I've eaten anything. All I've had this morning, I've had two oranges. That's it, or sort of satsumas. And that's it. I've had nothing else. Oh, I tell a lie, I had a piece of of toast. Well, that's not going to push it up, is it, as far as I'm concerned? So uh, all in all, somebody said, oh, well, once you actually got over this, then it, it should be a lot, uh, a lot easier. Well, Blum, we will hope so. At this rate, I tell you, it's turning into a total disaster. Uh, a shortage of Lego, says Ben. Who'd have thought that in the age of phones, tablets, video games, a shortage of Lego? Oh, no, I can't believe it. Do you think they do it just so um, people sort of say, oh, we'd better rush out and start buying Lego in case there's a world shortage of it? Because I don't know whether they sort of place this out in the, in the public arena. And then before you know where you are, radio programmes like this one pick up on it and start going, oh, shortage of Lego. And then I'll do it on this programme. And then somebody listening will do it on their radio programme. Uh, or failing that, it'll be somebody who goes, one of the producers will be saying, oh, you should do this one, Danny. You should do this one. Steve Allen said there's going to be a shortage of Lego for Christmas. Uh, but I don't know anybody who buys people Lego. I really, I mean, I really don't. You know all the people I know; they just want money now. They're not. Uh, they're not interested in actual toys. Well, apart from my uh, my youngest, and she does. Uh, she 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 likes uh, toys definitely. Forget the milk, Steve. Just put boiling water in the drinking chocolate. Is it going to work the same? Does it taste the same? It doesn't, does it? You see, you've got to put. It's almost like chocolate milk. That's like saying chocolate milk with water. Yeah, disgusting. Chocolate milk is chocolate milk. And uh, I've had a Belgian chocolate milk before now. Oh, delicious. Delicious. Crusher milkshake. Chocolate flavour. Why don't they do butterscotch flavour? Why don't they just do all the normal boring ones? You know, this is strawberry, raspberry, banana, chocolate. Why don't they do honeycomb flavour? I keep looking at these bullets, thinking, do I want one? Do I need one? And I thought, no, I don't really... I'm, no, I'd never use it. I'd never use it. I'm, I'm not that healthy... That uh, that I've Although in the last day or so, I've been eating a little bit, probably too much bread. It's not me at all, but I tell you, when it's um, when, when 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 it's got tomato soup in the cup, oh God, I tell you, that's my weakness now. Cream of tomato soup. I don't think there's much cream in it, but it's delicious, absolutely delicious. So in fact, today might be the same thing. So tomorrow we're off out for afternoon tea, which is lovely, and uh, and I'm looking forward to it very much because it, it's a place I've never been to before. And so I always like to go somewhere unusual. If it's somewhere unusual, I think that's uh, brilliant. Glad you feel better, says Pammy. I also had the flu jab and have been poorly ever since. Can you give the name of the magic mixture out again? I'll let you know a little bit later on. And The Real Housewives of Melbourne is starting tonight at 10pm. There are a couple of real nasty wives there. I'm sorry, I'm still addicted to the Housewives of Orange County. They've started, I think, well, they must be old ones, because in this one, Tamara is as vile as ever. Tamara really is a nasty piece of work, as is Vicky. Vicky's the one who, when she's shot, she's sort of... uh, This is the one, she couldn't keep her marriage together. Her son's a bit wayward and I think has been to prison. I mean, she's a horrible piece of work. And uh, the camera doesn't go too close because she's got skin like the Sahara. Seriously, it's, every time it goes near, I think, oh, don't, oh, she's old looking. You can tell the hair's gone, she's let herself go, and they're having a bit of an argument with another girl there because I think Tamara's going to open a gym. There's something the matter with Tamara. She's not all there in the upstairs department, but I don't think any of them are. Gretchen, I used to like. Gretchen's turned out to be another nasty piece of work, but they, the housewives of Orange County are my favourites. I think they've all got one or two are horrible, whereas Orange County, they're all horrible. I don't think there's any saving grace with any of them. And I love looking at their houses. Because over there you get a lot of house for not very much money. If you were going to spend, for example, three million pounds, three million dollars, for example, in Florida, you're going to get a heck of a place. Seriously, you are going to get a heck of a place. Property prices at the moment in America are actually on their knees. They can't give stuff away. You can still buy a property on a gated estate for under 60 grand. So you can imagine, if you're spending three million, you're going to get palm trees, a pool, electric garage doors, you know, oh, gated us to everything. You're going to really get the, the bee's knees, as they say. I'm Steve Allen, and you've been listening to the best of my shows from the past week. Don't forget you can listen to me every weekday morning from 4 till 6.30 here on LBC. And you can listen to my free podcast too. I'll be back tomorrow morning with In Conversation from 5 and I'm live from 6 till 8. Coming up, it's Saturday Breakfast with Andrew Pearce. This is LBC.